Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. B. Mitch and Fenley, 106.7 The Fan. Buster can go. Uh, speaking of guys that can go, I want to talk to my friend Mitch Tischler, NBC Sports Washington, the Washington Football Talk podcast. Big man joins us on the BetQL guest line. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Mitchell, how do you do, buddy? Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing good. Doing well, man. What's happening, Mitch? Um, Mitch, I wanted to talk about Earlier this morning, I think I saw you and Eric Bickle, EB from the Junks, going back and forth about kind of where this commander's job ranks in relation to all the open offensive coordinator jobs. Um, And we know that the commanders just interviewed Anthony Lynn, and we know that there are nine open coordinator positions in the NFL. Ravens, Titans, Cardinals, Cowboys, Bucks, Commanders, Texans, Colts, and the Panthers. Um your contention is this job isn't as bad as some are making it out to be. I believe. Tell us your contention. Yeah, I mean, listen, I get it in D.C. There's a lot of hyperbole around how bad the commander's situation is from ownership on down, and that certainly permeates the, the O.C. job. But this is not the worst O.C. opening in the league, and I'm not going to go through and, and rank jobs per se. But in particular, you know, I, I think E.B. was talking about um, Eric Bieniemy and whether he makes sense or like why would Bieniemy ever want to come to DC? And to me, I think the I think the Commanders are can be an intriguing option for a coach that wants to showcase their offensive skills. Now you can talk about deficiencies on the O line and you know the quarterback situation, but there aren't a whole lot of defensive minded head coaches. And you know we can we can we can debate what what Scott Turner what leeway he had or didn't have. Talk about the entire, you know, the first four or five weeks of the season, the commanders were throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. You know, they were running an offense that Scott Turner clearly wanted to run. And it wasn't until things started breaking down that I think there may have been a little, you know, encouragement from the uh, from Ron Rivera and the, and the coaching staff to maybe run the ball a little more and be a little more, um, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust like we saw that offense uh, kind of turn into. And having a defensive-minded you know, head coach and having, you know, Jack Del Rio, there's no other offensive, no other controlling offensive minds on the Washington staff. And so for a guy like the enemy, Anthony Lynn, you know, these guys who, who have a lot of experience and are maybe looking for a, for a one-stop shop before they get a head coaching opportunity. I think Washington's an intriguing option because you're walking into a relatively blank slate of an offense. And yeah, you can talk about Ron Rivera and, Martin uh, Mayhew wanting wanting to talk about, you know, running the ball, you know, two-thirds of the time, whatever. In practicality, we saw what Scott Turner was allowed to do until things broke down, and I have no doubt, especially if they have to pay up for one of these big-name guys who might only be here for a year, of course, 
assuming that ownership signs off on paying for somebody like that, I think it's a great opportunity for them to showcase what they can do. And if they can move that offense from, you know, tw- from you know, 25th in the league up to 15th in the league, that's a giant step and a huge feather in their cap for, for, uh, for a guy who fancies himself a play caller. But you say that that team was throwing the ball 47 times a game or whatever, but they were they had lost three of those four games, right? Oh, correct. It wasn't the correct offense to be running, and I think part of it was how they were throwing the ball. I think we, you know, we've discussed plenty of times, uh, you know, some of the seven-step drops, the empty empty looks in the backfield. I think that that, you know, all those things are part of the fallacy with the way that Scott Turner wanted to throw the ball. But I mean, we can look at at Joe Burrow and the and the Bengals. That Bengals offensive line is not good, and we saw him get beat up by the Chiefs. That was in the AFC Championship game. Joe Burrow and the creativity that Zach Taylor and that team and that coaching staff have put together to create an offense that's successful despite their own line is something that other teams around the league can mimic and look at. But they got to have a Joe and Burrow, Mitch, produce. and I don't think there are a lot of Joe Burrows running not around there. Not enough of them floating so, around. I mean, I think, I think ultimately the talent that they have outside of offensive line and quarterback is something to be happy about. But most of these guys need to have an offensive line at least or – have a unicorn like Joe Burrow to make that crap work. Sure, but what's great about an O-line is you can rebuild that in the offseason. You can rebuild that through free agency tackle. You're probably going to have to go through the draft four because it's probably going to cost too much to get any of the top-tier uh, free agent tackles. But you can rebuild an O-line in an offseason. And my contention, you know, at 16, there are a bunch of names uh, that the commanders should be looking at. I know you guys went through um, a bunch of them. Peter Skoranek's another one, the Northwestern tackle. I don't know that either he or Paris Johnson are going to be there at 16. But if you get yourself a, a, a stalwart left tackle, a guy who you can kind of leave on an island out there, that helps the entire rest of the O-line. And I, I think that uh, I, I like a lot of Scott Turner's creativity in theory. I thought that, you know, the, the, the player movement, you know, the pre-snap movement, all that stuff was, was interesting and created matchups. I just think that the practicality of how he implemented that with, you know, the blocking with the blocking schemes and the long dropbacks, I think, was, was a mistake. And I think that if you have a OC that's a little more creative and understands a little bit more kind of the, the tick-tock that that quarterback's going to be feeling because of the O-line, I think that there's, that there's a usable offense that, that you can put together, especially, you know, Washington hasn't had a brilliant offensive mind, you know, since obviously the group of guys that, that left before. And I know – Jay Gruden, folks like Jay Gruden a lot, but not in that same. He was not in that same, you know, atmosphere as the as the Sean McVeighs and Kyle Shanahan's and and that whole group that came through here. I think you can look at Eric Bieniemy to me, and I think that given the opportunity to to look at him as as the man in charge, the guy, you know, the 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 whole McGillicuddy on offense. I think he can prove to be on the same level as those guys. And I think his work with Patrick Mahomes and obviously Andy Reid gets a ton of you know gets a ton of credit for it, and Mahomes being a superstar helps a lot. But I think you can see the success that he's had on offense, and I think it's something that he can translate here to DC. So you're all, you're all in on the enemy. You you think he could be McVay, Kyle Shanahan, that that caliber? I think he's I, I think he's the best option. I guess they haven't brought him in for an interview yet, but he's the best option that's been rumored to be connected to Washington. And then the second part of it is, you know, obviously the enemy has gone and done a ton of head coaching interviews. 
and not gotten, you know, jobs for whatever reason. You know, obviously none of us know what that is, but we know that what the, we know the the shaky ground that the entire Washington coaching staff is on right now. You bring in somebody who potentially could step up if he's a great if he's a good OC this year, potentially step up. Maybe you found a guy to take over the organization and keep that upward trajectory if 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 he's able to move this offense in the right direction, you know, in his first year. You know, like like uh, you you've give, put a lot of good things out there, but everything is an if. So I wonder if the job is if the job really that good because every all these great things got to happen for the success to happen. So is this really one of the top jobs or is it one of the bottom jobs? There's nine open. I think it's appealing to an offensive coordinator because of the uh, free will that they will have to do what they want to do. They're not going to have. An offensive but, mind. There's no other offensive minds in the building but big that are going to step in and, and over overrule uh, OC. Okay, yeah, I, you're not wrong about that. But let's just look at other spots where that's still the case. Titans with Vrabel, same situation. I, I, we assume the Bucks are keeping Todd Bowles, right? That's what they said. So Tampa's the same situation. Texans now with D'Amico Ryan's same situation. Um, and I think you could argue. John Harbaugh is is a special teams background. Harbaugh in Baltimore should let and, Greg and Roman ran his thing, yeah. run his thing. Um, so you've got you're not wrong that this is a defensive coaching staff that the the offensive guy gets to run his offense, perhaps with some input from Ron. I'd wonder if Scott. See, like, have, thing, one thing you know, that happened last year, other opportunities just like that. The one that happened last year that used to bother me is they would critique the hell out the offense, not the defense though. And that would think that we had a better defense and they would have some issues, but they wouldn't say much. So that right there shows you that the defensive mindset coaches do dip their nose in the offensive business. Outside of the Ravens situation with Lamar Jackson, assuming that they franchise him or get him to a long-term deal, none of those other situations are demonstrably better than the commanders. And I would argue that the commander's skill players might be the best of those, of those four or five teams you mentioned. And, Yes, the O-line is a problem. We all recognize that the O-line is a problem. Again, it's something that, if they're diligent and willing, is something that they can potentially fix in a season and, and put together. But this receiving core and, you know, the, the, the group of skill players they have, I would put up against, I would put up against any of the rest of those, uh, any of the rest of those, uh, those groups, in, including the Ravens. The Ravens just have a quarterback where, None of the rest of those teams do. But the thing for me is, like, I've been I've been gone from this area as far as playing football since night since two thousand, and they haven't done that. <laughs> they haven't. But they haven't put built the uh, like, offensive line the in the offseason. You, you said that they, they can get it done. They haven't done it in the last three years. They haven't done it. What makes us think all of a sudden they're going to change their mind now and say, oh, yeah, we better build offensive line now? Because it seemed like an afterthought to them. I think I would hope, and I think we, we all as fans and media members and folks watching the commanders know that this offensive line pretty much bottomed out this year. And i yeah. got to think that the guys in the building recognize that this thing bottomed out. I think that each year going back, you know, we can go back, six, seven years now, you know, kind of since the, the Trent Williams situation started, you know, coming up that there were little, you know, threads that, that folks were grabbing onto and hoping that this guy would develop and this guy could step up and be a star and this, that, and the other thing. And, 
you know, we got a lot of great depth and the old guys and young guys can work well together. This thing totally bottomed out last year. And, you know, you can look across that own line and you could, you could realistically come up with five brand new starters. Now I don't think they will, but you could realistically come up with five brand new starters. And as a team, they have to recognize that, that it bottomed out. If there's not a, if there's not a commitment to rejoining that offensive line and making it better through the draft, through free agency, through every avenue possible, then it doesn't matter who the OC is that comes in here. If you trot out an offensive line that performs like they did last year, you're going to get similar results on offense. You can't overcome that. And so it, so you have to start with the, with the basic principle that Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, you know, Marty Herney, all these guys recognize the O-line bottomed out. That thing needs to be fixed ASAP. They bottomed out for sure. Um, yeah. How are you, pal? How is everything? Everything's great. Get me a little fired up on a, on a Wednesday afternoon. I like it. Get you mad about some O-line play. Um, you obviously like Biennemi. What are the chances you think Biennemi lands here? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think the uh, the biggest uh, detriment to Biennemi is going to be the ownership situation, the amount of money that he may ask for, and whether you know whether that's whether whether uh, certain somebody is willing to to dish out that cash. Uh, I don't know who I think is, I don't know who the front runner is that's actually come in for an interview, but I, I give the enemy uh, a one in four shot. I think if we're, we play a hundred chips on the podcast, I gave him 25 chips. I think that's uh that's a, uh, that's about where I'm at with him. All right, big man. We appreciate All your right, time, Mitch. dude. Thanks so much guys. Thank you, All right. That's our guy, Mitch Tischler from the Washington football talk podcast. Grand Danny coming your way at 2 o'clock, but we got to make some bets before we go. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.